Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga, with player picks as mind-blowing as a Wataro Endo brace, fancy advice as heartbreaking as a last gasp Alexander Zorlot header, and two pundits not looking forward to navigating this week's standalone fixtures. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 24. And joining me, as always, the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo Reinecke. Flo, switching your crystal ball on and off seemed to work a treat yeah it's always always the best strategy i guess Fast. you can put that to all situations in life <laughs> i guess Let's take a step That's back it. and then it's going to work next time yeah but that bind curse worked out nicely for Verda on friday night yeah really I, I was so pleased and i mean the bickering afterwards it, it like it didn't stop for days uh but yeah all the sweeter. Yeah, that's it. It does actually make it all the sweeter in the end, doesn't it? Oh, come on, let's crack on because we've got some listener questions in part one to get through today. And uh, we do want to keep things short and snappy because we're actually recording a little bit later than normal based on the fact that I had to make my way back from Leipzig today and it took a little longer than anticipated. Yeah, and I was hungover. So, <laughs> like, it's, it's always, we all, it's always that we both are busy. Is it, what, what were you celebrating yeah. last night then if you were hungover? No, it's, uh, it's I just want to say something. <laughs> Too, too much DFB for like, Carl, you know? I, w- I was looking after the kids, which is like, it's, it's work. Too. I can imagine after that feels like a hangover a little bit as well. I can only imagine. And I won't have to imagine much longer potentially either. But let's crack on with some listener questions. And we'll start with one from at Dykes to watch out for. And he is asking on the back of your crystal ball working so well, Flo, he's asking what your hot take from this week's fixtures are after nailing Werder Eintracht. I, I, I don't want to force this. I don't have a really hot take. So I'm not believing that Dortmund will win at Munich, which would be like a natural fit for a hot take. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. In a fantasy sense, my hot take would be like, there are two teams I'm really interested in, and that's Hertha and Schalke, which might sound odd. But especially Hertha, uh, I have a lot of interest in. So I'm... My hot take would be that that Hatta will create a lot of fantasy goodness this match day. Yeah, you're forging a reputation. You can't shy away from it too much. But uh, I think, yeah, no, you're right. This is a, a tough weekend to pick a a really big hot take on. So I can understand. I mean, I'm not sure how how hot it will be to say that Cologne will get a win against Bremen. It's, it's not like it's lukewarm, probably. <laughs> it's not <laughs> well, hot. And after, after beating Frankfurt, you think Bremen are going to drop points against Köln now, huh? Yeah. It's like the reverse logic of last week. <laughs> Bremen coming off that win against Frankfurt, Cologne coming off the, the loss at Munich, but actually not playing that poorly. But in the end, sometimes these games just get away from you when you're playing at Munich. And like historically, Bremen has a historic bad record playing at Cologne. So yeah, I I have some interest in the Cologne side of the ball uh, on Sunday. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but... Well, that, that's it. You, I was going to say, well, you have interest in both sides. It's a clash of your two great loves in the Bundesliga, uh, Köln against Bremen. So, yeah, there's yeah, uh, one that pulls on the yeah, heartstrings. I wouldn't, uh, like, big love is, like, that's stretching it too much for <laughs> Cologne, but I definitely have some sympathy for Cologne. There you go. There you go. Okay, let's move on. At Ronan Murphy, he's asking, Flo, can I sack my entire staff based on this season's results so far? And I, I don't know where Ronan is in, in the standings, but I can only assume it hasn't quite gone the way he'd hoped yeah I'm, I'm not sure it's time now to play the blame game james that's what i would say and we have a saying in germany that <laughs> like 
the fish starts to smell at the hat first. <laughs> so maybe he should take, like, he probably should rather take a look in the mirror than like putting the blame on his uh, inferiors. Uh, that's the best head coaches do that, right? They 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 protect their players from any of the blame by sh- shouldering it all themselves, right? Yeah. And maybe maybe that's why it's gone wrong. Maybe the the players are just feeling too much pressure from the from the bench, and and that's why they're not performing on a regular basis. All I need to know now is who's in Ronan's team so that I don't pick them as well. That's uh, that's what we need to be doing. But uh, a couple of form ones are thrown there at the beginning. Uh, let's get into some actual like player picks and stuff like that because we want to help you guys out because this is a tough weekend to navigate. And on that note, uh, a question from at Sprecher Fußball, which actually makes me think of the old Talking Fußball podcast when we used to do a segment called Sprechen Sie Fußball. So whether that was inspired by it or not, I don't know, but a great handle all the same. He says, hi guys, two questions. One, he says, I'm not expecting Endo to repeat his match day 23 form against Frankfurt this week, but your thoughts on budget midfielders in his price range for this week? And I have to say, Flo, if that question, if I'm reading that right, that means he picked Wataru Endo last yeah. week. What, what a humble which brag. Which is incredible. Is Two goals, well, two assists. Yeah. That's like that's a nice way to sneak in. Hey guys, what what, what I'm going to do with this guy who just picked up nearly thirty points <laughs> yeah. and no one has? Yeah, what, that what, I casually like, have in my I'm, team. I'm in this kerfuffle. What, what what should I do? So uh, kudos to Sprecher Fußball. Nice way uh, to insert a humble brag. I have some guys under ten million that I would be interested in. Uh, I think Haidara could be a good option. Um, he's a bit risky because he's not 100% to start. But because of the suspension of Sabitzer, I honestly expect Hadara to be in the starting lineup. And for 9 million, like he's a steal. And the matchup at Freiburg is better than perceived. We'll talk about that later. Marius Wolf, Cologne, 4.5 million. Actually, like there are three Cologne midfielders alike. There's Wolf for 4.5 million. He might play as a striker. We're not sure about that. That could be true also for Duda. He's 8.6. And hat to hat, I would prefer Duda. But if we take the price into consideration, uh, I think like it's, it's very close between Wolf and Duda. And the guy in the middle there is Elvis Retspichai for 5.8 million, who's also capable of having pretty good games. If you don't like, I haven't mentioned, I mean, Yunus would be the first guy to mention but I'm pretty sure that you uh, have him in, in your squad. If not, like I wouldn't think twice and bring in uh, units for 7.8 million. Find like the 1 million you have to spend up from Endo to units. You definitely have to find it somewhere. And another guy in this range would be Yannick Gerhardt for 7.6 million. Uh, he's He was disappointed in the last few games, but um, we know that he can perform and the matchup at uh, Hoffenheim isn't the worst either. So, yeah. No, definitely not. I think, yeah, consistency. That's what we just need to see from Yannick Gerhardt to make him a really, really good pick in this game. But he's certainly not a bad one by any stretch of the imagination. I think you've got some great options there. The second part of Sprecher Fußball's question is he's asking for the best Sancho Guerrero replacements for this match day. So we're talking about the higher bracket uh, of players now. And I guess the update really with Sancho and Guerrero is that Aiden Terzic said today that it could be tight for both of them, but they did come off injured in the cup game against Gladbach. The good news, I think, is that we should know before kickoff tomorrow whether they even got on the plane to Munich. So if they don't get on the plane, that makes our lives a whole lot easier. But it could mean, Flo, 
that a lot of people have some cash to splash this weekend. Yeah, and I I would spend it in midfield. I wouldn't spend it in defense. So I I don't love any high price defenders, even Angelino, because he like he had to set out the last two games. Uh, although he disagreed with the assessment that he was injured, so he got on social media and <laughs> yeah, commented on Leipzig tweeting out their starting lineup and saying that Angelino isn't in the match squad because of some muscle issues. He tweeted out that he's fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and had to delete that tweet later on. But like, there's some some mis communications let's let's put it that way but he didn't well, play the yeah, last two games Nagelsmann said he, he's a player that always wants to play he understands that but he said we need him 100 yeah. fit and i think that's what we want as fancy players but in truth he hasn't been in the best form himself recently uh, he hasn't but like still he would be the only guy i would willing to to pay up for so if we like and now we uh, like i talked about defenders first so let's let's go with the guys i like there one i like the most is Maxi Mittelstedt uh, of Hertha. 8.1 million is his price tag. Hertha's playing with a three-man back line. They're, they're playing Augsburg. And Augsburg is conceding 14.3 shots per game in 2021. That's the third worst in the league. And uh, I think that Hertha can create something here. And we know that Mittelstedt can be uh, a part of that. And for that price tag, I think a uh, clean sheet against Augsburg is always uh, in the cards as well. So I, th- I really like Mittelstedt. Um, Paulo Otavio, a bit pricier, 9.7 million, great value. Like he has a great, great flaw because of his uh, challenge winning ability, which is just outstanding. And another guy I like, if you want some flexibility, would be Ismail Jacobs uh, of Cologne, playing as a left winger, basically the same position as, as Mittelstedt does. And uh, yeah, I, be- I believe that Cologne can can create something against Bremen. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. I think yeah, the Mittelstädt pick stands out certainly because I think it was a statistic I read recently where he of defenders has played the second most crosses of any defender in the Bundesliga this season. I think it's probably no surprise that Borna Sosa is the man that is top of that list. And I'm not sure, I have to be honest, whether they're counting Angelino there as a defender or not. But yeah, no, I mean, Mittelstedt in a more advanced role uh, could be could be good value. And I mean, if you want a real gamble, you could maybe even look to the other wing with uh, Daifaisio Seifoik over there as well in terms of a real gamble. Yeah. But the problem is he has no track record of fantasy returns, whereas Mittelstedt does. So there is a huge element of risk that comes along yeah. with that. And Mittelstedt can like take set pieces and so on. True. We won't see that from Seifoik. So. But I think Seifoik is only a couple of million though, right? I, that's the only reason I threw it out there because if it, on the, off the top of my head, I think he's like super, super budget. So if you're really struggling for cash, he might be an avenue that you can go down. But Flo, Flo's about to correct no, me. No, uh, he's 7.1 oh, he, okay, million. Okay, well then, yeah, right, you know, never mind, never yeah. mind it. <laughs> that's what I thought because like they brought him in to be their starting right back so I, w- I would have been shocked if his pr- initial price would have like been so low no, it's tr- yeah, uh, yeah. yeah definitely not an option if you pay up 1.1 million more and get Mittelstein no, uh, that, yeah, that no, would be a I bad choice 100% I had a much yeah. much lower price tag in my head but that's that's not based on that's based on the form he's produced not the form that he came to Hertha with no you're right okay. so yeah okay take that one off the table but let's move on because I've got another question not midfielders central replacements I rattle them off Kostic Nkunku Arid Rashica these are the four guys I, I like the most 
if you're not uh, thinking about the price tag. And Arit and Rashica aren't even that expensive. Okay, well, then that's an interesting one to point out because it actually works well into the next question, which isn't the one I was about to ask, incidentally, but it's from at Mulcahy underscore Mike, who says, if Sancho isn't playing, would we consider replacing him with another Dortmund midfielder flow? No, um, not for me. Although, I mean, we've seen that, that Bayern is leaky in the back. Uh, I read a stat today that in 2021, like there are three teams that are conceding 1.7 great chances, uh, if that's the way you can translate. So clear-cut chances, I think, will be the, that's yeah, the, way. That's the yep. better translation. So three teams, Schalke, Mainz, Bayern. These three have the worst records in letting the opponents get in clear-cut chances in the Bundesliga since the break of the year. So wow. that, that shows you that there's something in it. But I think that... like. The concentration will be much higher for Bayern um, when they play Dortmund than if they're playing Cologne or Bielefeld. Um, uh, that's the reason why I like I wouldn't go out of my way to sign a Dortmund player, and that's what you would do if you replace Sancho. And I wouldn't even know um, who to replace him with. That's another problem, though. Um, and, and that's the only reason. Maybe you can go with Reina. Uh, he would be the only sensible option uh, in my mind because he's at, at least he's a bargain uh, of some sort. So um, you get some salary relief. Definitely not a high-priced option like like Brandt or a player like that wouldn't pique my interest at all. Okay, then then closing part one on one last question, and it again is going to relate to midfielders, but you've mentioned a lot of names, and it was at Leo underscore Leroy who says. Without any budget restrictions, who are your top three midfielders for the next few match days? So I'm getting you to narrow it down now to three out of the ones that you've already mentioned, Flo. Yeah, and it's funny because I will include a guy I don't like the most for this match day, but uh, going forward, I like him better than some other players. That's why I mention him here. I think the first guy to mention is uh, Nkunku. He's like, he's so good on average involved in more than six shots per 90 minutes. That's just outstanding. Leipzig has a decent uh, run of fixtures now playing at Freiburg. Then it's Frankfurt at home and then at Bielefeld. Definitely decent. Second guy is uh, Philipp Kostic, home game against Stuttgart. I expect a lot of attacking returns in that match for both sides, actually. Um, then traveling to Leipzig, like that's not good. But then it's Union, uh, home game against Union, which is also uh, good. So I expect, I think you can leave Kostic in your squad, uh, even for the Leipzig game. And the third guy to mention is Nadim Amiri for me, because Florian Wirtz tested positive, uh, for Corona. Uh, he, like, he, he's a, uh, starter now. Uh, there, there can be no doubt. Like his stats are always good per, per minute. Uh, like his shot involvement is always good, but like he's not getting enough playing time to to merit a place in your uh, fantasy team. But I think he'll he'll get that. And like if it's starting to click for Leverkusen, Amiri could be good. And the matchup at Gladbach, oh, we'll talk about that. It's not as bad as it might seem. And then they're playing Bielefeld, Hertha, Schalke, and Hoffenheim. So uh, I think it's not looking too shabby for Amiri. And um, that will be my three guys. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd like I like those picks, and Amiri certainly wants to keep an eye on because you're right that that run of fixtures. I mean, if, if Sancho is fit, Sancho has to be in here because yeah. he's like Sancho and, and Kunku are the the best midfielders in the Bundesliga right now. Period. Ooh, uh, Kimmich, uh, um, I think you may be doing Mister Kimmich but, a disservice there a little bit. But yeah. in terms of fantasy players, I completely agree. Sancho and Nkunku all the way, top two, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm, uh, of course I'm talking <laughs> fantasy. Okay, sorry, I should, oh. I should always know that we're only ever talking fantasy on this show. Well, yeah. That's a good place to end it for part one. We'll be discussing plenty more teams and players in part two, so join us again in just a jiffy. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Time to get our teeth stuck into those match day 24 fixtures, starting with the Friday night game Schalke against Mainz. Now, with people that like to preach that Friday night involvement is a good thing, it's a, it's a tricky one to preach this week, it has to be said. Um, but Schalke, they do have a new man in charge. They got rid of Christian Groß after that dismal defeat to Stuttgart, where they just couldn't defend at all. They are, though, unbeaten in their last nine home league games against Mainz, losing only one one of 16 all told. So maybe, just maybe, there's some relief uh, in the offing. Yeah, and they, and they won six straight at home against Mainz. There you go. That's also true. Oh, the, these things, are, they're always meant to come to an end, though, at some point, right? <laughs> you never know. It could be that typical thing of a new head coach coming in and giving a club a little push, but we haven't really seen that from Schalke, and this is their fifth attempt now, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, for Mainz, I mean, they haven't been great goal scorers themselves, so this is maybe what uh, lends itself to not being the greatest fantasy game when you consider the fact that their top scorers this season are Moussa Niakate and uh, Kevin Sturger with three goals apiece, of course, not counting Jean-Philippe Mateta, who joined at Crystal Palace. But a listener question here to start us off, Flo, and you mentioned Florian Wirtz uh, contracting the coronavirus and as a result he's quarantining, but at Echter underscore ATL Lieber says, I need alternatives for Guerrero and Wirtz and could likely burn another midfielder. He puts Reed Labaku in brackets. But he says, normally I lean heavily on a Friday night match to get certain starters. But looking at the match, he says, my gut says maybe stay away. Any hidden gems on Friday? What's your feeling with this one, Flo? Yeah, like I'd, I'm not sure if that's hidden, but I'm pretty big on Amina Reed this weekend. Well, you brought him I, in I last week. I actually brought him in last week. Yeah, I had just I had 12 million to spend on my last transfer, and I, I wanted to bring in Baumgartner, but I was just missing 500,000. Couldn't do it, and then I was like figuring out my options. No one I really love, but like I thought, bring in Harid. I I I think it's possible after all that happened at Schalke, because now it's like now it's the players that that have to perform after they basically did a mutiny against Christian Gross last week. All the players um, that he brought in, I thought maybe <laughs> all they, his transfers, yeah, and, and um, maybe uh, they come out and and really play with with fire uh, at Stuttgart. And that was my reasoning and then playing at home against Mainz uh, on Friday evening. So I, I think this is set up really, really nice for uh, Amina Reed. And uh, like Mainz is uh, the team that does the most challenges on average from every team is uh, 236 challenges per game in 2021. Schalke has the least amount of challenges with 209. So in my mind, they they meeting in the middle 
meaning there are more challenges one to go around for Schalke than on average, less for Mainz than on average. But that means that like, Arid is winning almost 15 challenges in 90 minutes on average as it stands. And now playing against Mainz, I think that that will be even greater, which like this, uh, this is heightening his floor. He's involved in a lot of shots. And I can see Schalke having a, a, a really good game against Mainz. They had a Mainz had a big disappointment with his loss against Augsburg. They they, they it totally botched their momentum in my mind because they were like it was set up to to be this this great chase from Mainz. Um, they had they had a great run, would have been able to leave the relegation zone and and then just losing out. With a mistake like that, uh, although I have to be said, like the, the reaction of the Mainz defenders getting to the goalkeeper and, and consoling him, like that was like, that's how football is meant to be, if I'm allowed to uh, <laughs> uh, <the Bund> <laughs> lend that phrase. Yeah, I was say, the Bundesliga and the DFO would be very proud of you. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, like, that was like really, really great team spirit by Mainz. So I think they, in the long run, they, they can recover from that. But I, I think this could be a pretty, pretty good game uh, for Schalke. Well, I mean, I have, to, I have to say, you look at it on paper and you do go, okay, there may be fancy points in, in there. My fear flow is that this is a this is a do-or-die battle in the relegation, you know, the, the, the automatic relegation spots. And I so many times we've seen those types of games turn into these very dull, yeah. cagey affairs where nothing really gets going in an attacking sense and maybe if you're lucky it gets decided by a goal and that's my fear yeah but i i don't believe it uh i, I would agree with you if there were like two points apart between these two sides and like schalke has to lose a lot by losing this game now it's like they have to win it's like it, a draw wouldn't do them any good at all it would be like terrible uh, if they if they drew in this game, so I expect like Schalke has to do something, and Arid is the first name uh, on my mind. I'm, I'm really happy that he's already in my squad. He would definitely a priority buy for me this week um, because of the Friday night game, because he can like he can have a game where he scores twenty or more points. That's definitely possible for Amin Arid. And another guy I would like keep an eye on is William. Uh, if he's playing on the as a right winger, 7.1 million is his price tag. Like pair William with Arid on Friday night, that would be uh, a way to go. That would be really interesting. Um, for me, yeah, this is this is the thing with Schalke. You know, the, the new man in charge, Dimitrios uh, Gramotzis. You know, we have no idea how he's going to line this this side up. And let's be honest, Christian Kors came up with a few interesting ideas of his own, and William was one of them. I just wonder whether we'll see that continue, or whether Gramotzis will come up with his really, you know, his own concept, and maybe that'll open up a few avenues. I mean, because the other one I was looking at, I mean, Timo Becker genuinely has actually been playing quite well at right back and getting into some very good positions, yeah. even against Stuttgart. He was someone that was providing very good service from the right wing and I thought you, you, he's know, got you know how many points he got at Stuttgart no minus four and that's, and that's harsh I mean because really you watched that performance and he was probably the second best Schalke yeah. player out there he's one million so I, I wouldn't fault anyone for getting in uh, at Timo Baka especially since it is a Friday night 
fixture. So if he's in a starting lineup, you know that. You starman him. You're the only one probably <laughs> in your mini league who has him. Rightfully so, I have to add. Yeah. But uh, yeah, not the worst idea, but like, uh, I would prefer William because uh, like he has shown that he can deliver in the Bundesliga. And, well, and the thing is, William might go to right back and Timo Becker might drop to the bench. That's, an, again, another possibility yeah. for that. If, if William is playing right back, I'm not that keen on bringing him in. Uh, him in. Mm. But I still think it, it, it would be viable, but uh, I wouldn't be that interested. So if like I, I want to see Becker and William playing, or Schalke playing with a three-man back line and William playing on uh, on the right flank, yeah. that would also be uh, nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't very good against Stuttgart, I'll be honest, and he got brought off as a result. But then Schalke as a whole just weren't very good against Stuttgart, and we're expecting an improvement. And Matthew Hoppy as a result could be another alternative as well. I'm sure you know we haven't really no. mentioned. You, oh, really? You don't think so? No, I'm I'm not interested in Schalke's striker. So I, I think he lost his like he he came into the Bundesliga with this great run, but that that run is over. And if you look at the stats before he came to the Bundesliga, he played I think 16 games for the second team of Schalke. Yep. Do you know how many goals he scored? I think it was just two, 16, wasn't it? It was either two or one. One goal one. in the fourth tier of Germany. Okay. So it's not but, like he he's been a prolific goal scorer I know. and now he's like translating that to the Bundesliga on the contrary like he's scoring more goals in the Bundesliga than he did before and I, I just don't think that's sustainable and um, I, I don't see any Schalke attacker I would like give one of my precious three a striker spots in my squad. No, that's the thing. And that's that's why Arit is 100% ahead of him in the pecking order because, I mean, the, fa the fact is, if Arit, uh, genuinely, if you think Arit's going to have a good game, then there's a good chance Matthew Hoppy has a good game as well because those two have really struck up a great understanding and they they you can just see the fact that they're constantly looking for each other out on the pitch. And so it could could reap rewards. Is there... Okay, and that's, that's news for, uh, to me, James, but you, you probably uh, watched more Schalke games than I I've, did. I've commentated a couple of them in, re in recent weeks yeah. that as a result you kind of pick out those things and they're definitely better going forward than they are at the back but the mess latter as they say the bar has been set quite low for that anyone on the Mainz side that you'd maybe look at at a Friday night gambler we do need to move on because we've, we've spent a bit too much time on this game but yeah yeah but I think it's it's it's, it's an important uh, merited because of the new coach at Schalke I think it's a new situation and that's also the reason why I personally would probably shy away from Mainz they haven't been that great for fantasy, no matter what. And now it's like an unknown situation. And I'd, I'd rather jump on the Schalke side because they have some players. Like, Mainz doesn't have an Arid with a potential. Like, I think Danny Latza scored three goals once. Ooh, Kevin, Kevin Stöger? No, not even Stöger. What about Stöger? No, he doesn't have, like, these shot involvement. He doesn't does not win as many challenges as I read, so I'm not interested in, in mine. So let, let's go to the Saturday. You're you're right. We probably spent too much time on Schalke. Well, I mean, it is it is an important game, though. In the context of this weekend, this Friday night game may be an avenue people go to because it feels safer, because at least you know the players that are starting. And the good thing is that if they don't perform, you know you've got players that you can rotate them out for. The problem is that on the Sunday games, we don't quite have that luxury, but we will get to that later. Let's move on to the Saturday 3.30 games. Gladbach against Leverkusen is first up. Now, Gladbach have lost their last two home league matches in a row. They haven't lost three on the spin at Borussia 
Denmark since September 2015. Meanwhile, Leverkusen, they're winless in four on the road in the Bundesliga. Two out-of-form teams flow, and the question I was going to ask, is it worth steering clear of? But you've already indicated you don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, they're out of form in this year, and that shows in the stats, especially for Mönchengladbach, because they conceded 13.6 shots per game so far this year. And that's the fifth worst in the league. So it's it's worse in Cologne, it's worse in Mainz. Uh, so it's definitely, I think, on the attacking side, no matchup to shy away from your Leverkusen assets. Uh, I think that's pretty important, especially since Leverkusen, they, they're not hitting the back of the net, but they are creating shots. They had, on average, uh, 14.3 shots at goal. And that's the third best in the league. They're just not like, they're not scoring as much as they should with taking all these shots. But in fantasy, at least they're creating points that way. And that's the reason um, why I would personally look at the Leverkusen side of the ball and say, yeah, it's decent. Especially Leverkusen has decent matchups coming up. So if you're investing in Leverkusen, like in an Amiri, it's a, like a longer term investment. Um, that you take. And, and like, it could be that Gladbach is falling apart after the Rose the thing and they, they just losing now and there's a lot of discussion if, if Rosa can even finish the season and, and so on and so forth. It will be pretty disappointing for uh, getting uh, out of the cup. They had, like, some discussion about Rene Maric, the assistant coach who, who talked with Haaland after the match and uh, it did rob the supporters the wrong way because they just lost out and he was seeing like joking with a player from the opponent team and then but yeah i think they they have a lot a lot of things going not their way right now it's a, it's a lot of baggage right now for Gladbach. That's what it is, and and yeah, they keep they keep sticking their foot in it a little bit. And yes, the the Maric incident was the latest of them. And for Leverkusen, yeah, we had Diaby suspended last week. It's Bailey this week. So if you did jump on the Demerai Gray train, like Flo suggested, well, I think he was your Vegas choice, wasn't he, last week? Yes. Then uh, that may not be a bad pick for this week as well, because uh, he did, I think, pick up seven points in a defeat, which wasn't a bad return at all. Five five points, unfortunately. Five? So oh, I'm, okay. I'm apologize. Oh, way off I was today. expecting better from him, but I wasn't expecting um, Leverkusen to lose on home soil against Freiburg either. So, yeah. Well, and, and not in the manner they did either. I mean, that was that was one of the big shocks of the weekend, it has to be said, and I'm a big Freiburg fan at all times. But okay, let's move on to the next game, Hoffenheim against Wolfsburg. Now, Hoffenheim, they're winless in their last five Bundesliga matches against the Wolves and have won just six of 25, all told. Weghorst, big talking point, of course, after what happened in midweek because he missed a penalty against Leipzig in the Cup last night that could have changed the game because it was nil-nil at the time and it's now a fourth straight game in all competitions where he has not scored. So his uh, dry spell continues. But who's your player pick from this one, Flo? That's a tough one. Uh, I don't like this game very much as a whole, Um, uh, but Wolfsburg defenders always come to the rescue and that's why I like Otavio for 9.7 million the most. Already talked about him. Uh, wouldn't like a guy I, I really like as a guy to get in your squad and leave him there as Christoph Baumgartner. I, I think like he's, he's, he's pretty, 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 uh, good. 
and uh, a decent price tag in midfield, but a, like a game against Wolfsburg, best defense in the league right now. Uh, I don't think it's the time to bring in uh, attacking midfielder of the opponent. So <laughs> I would stay stay away from Baumgartner right now, but he's definitely on my short list. Yeah, that's it. Kern Castells had gone 819 minutes without conceding before Yusuf Paulson scored, and it took a deflection to beat Castells, but his uh, record of 666 minutes without conceding in the Ooh. Bundesliga is still yeah. intact. Some uh, some devilish form, you might say, there from yeah. Kern Castells. I agree there, yeah. There's, there's a multi-pun. That's a multi-pun. Anyway, let's, let's crack on, and let's move on to the next game, Frankfurt against Stuttgart, because this is a game that has the makings of a great fantasy fixture, potentially. Uh, so Silver has scored seven times in his last five league games. Kostic, meanwhile, who we've already talked about, he has scored, assisted, or both in his last six Bundesliga matches in a row, and seven of his last eight, his form is back. Meanwhile, for Stuttgart, they are the fourth highest scoring team in the Bundesliga this season on 44 goals, just two fewer than Eintracht Frankfurt. So Flo, who are you picking from this game? Because yeah, as I said, on paper, this is, uh, this is a heavenly fixture for fantasy owners. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's like Stuttgart is creating the third most shots this year so far, and Frankfurt is uh, sitting at six. Um, though the difference between fourth, which is Dortmund, and six, which is uh, Frankfurt, is not high. Dortmund is sitting at fourteen point six, and Frankfurt at fourteen point two. Stuttgart has seven fifteen point seven. So that shows you that's the reason why Stuttgart assets are so good uh, in fantasy. My player pick. Is Philip Kostic, eighteen point five million? Uh, I think what like what Bremen did last week was attacking um, over their right flank, where Kostic leaves some space. And guess what? Stuttgart has this kind of space also, and that's behind Vamangituka. And if you look in the stats, eight goals against Stuttgart were uh, assisted over the right flank. Four were assisted over the left flank, so their defensive side. So over the side of Vamankituka, double the g- amount of goals on the other side. Um, uh, I think that sets up nicely for Kostic, and that's also a, a big, big strength of uh, Frankfurt. They created 18 goals over the left flank, and that's the highest uh, uh, rate uh, in the league. So Kostic is just just a beast. Yeah, it's it's all set up for a really good game uh, in, in that sense. And I think we've seen that vulnerability down Stuttgart's right come to bite them in the behind already this season. So yeah, it does bode very well. Let's move on to the next game, Hertha against Augsburg. One we have touched on, uh, flow big on Hertha's chances uh, against Die Fugestetter. And uh, of Augsburg's four away league wins this season, three have ended in a 1-0 win. But the fact is, uh, they have never won at Hertha's Olympia Stadion. Four draws, four losses. So that does set itself up quite nicely. It's also the Kadira derby, if you want to look at it that way. Sammy uh, against Rani, but Sammy is injured, which is a shame. So, we, you know, we, we, we don't get it on the pitch, but in spirit, at least, it's a Kadira derby. In terms of player picks, flow, you've already mentioned one Hertha player that's a standout. Is there another one on your list? Yeah, I'm obliged to mention Juan Cordoba, of course, <laughs> who, uh, who's back. It came on, I think, at halftime uh, at Wolfsburg. L- looked pretty lively. And um, Dada already said that Cordoba and Piontek will play up front because Cunha is injured, Radonjic is injured, and Kedira is injured. Um, I still like the chances of Hertha in this game. Already mentioned that Augsburg is like 
conceding a lot of shots against. And uh, yeah, I expect Mittelstädt and Cordoba to both have a pretty good game. But at least I think it's likely more likely to happen than their price tag would merit. So yeah, no, it's a, it, I think I, yeah, no, I'd agree with you on that uh, absolutely, and I, I do agree that this could be a fixture that might be a kind of outlier in terms of big fantasy returns this weekend. So it could be an interesting one to dip into. Okay, final three thirty game: Freiburg against Leipzig. Freiburg have won their last three home games in a row against Leipzig, who are coming off that DFB Pokal win in midweek against Wolfsburg. That is actually part of a six-match winning run. Five of those that are in the Bundesliga, the club record in Germany's top tier is eight. Are there any rotation fears for you here, Flo? Tough to say. I I would say no, because I would rather, if I were Leipzig, I would say let's win the game at Freiburg and then we'll see what happens against Liverpool and not the other way around. Um, I think that would be sensible because you're in the running. You can go, like, you can pull ahead of Bayern if you win there because Bayern is playing in the evening. I think that would be pretty important to Leipzig and that's how I would analyze the situation and say it's not like we're not having rotation risk for the likes of Nkunku or Olmo and even Angelino if he's match fit I expect him to start and up front we don't know who's starting so it's like it's not um, uh, I I think Verlot is coming on and his stats look pretty good like the only guy who's involved in more shots on average um, from Leipzig, Ben Zerlot is in Kunku, so he's second in this um, stat. But it's it's a per minute stat, and like it's not counting if he's not playing. But you don't get points if he's not playing. So uh, I wouldn't feel uh, confident enough that Zerlot is going to start to bring him in. But uh, yeah, so um, the guys you likely have in your squad, I would feel safe. The only guy who think is a risky pick you could take is Haidara like I already mentioned before. And let me just ask you one more question. If Julian Nagelsmann comes out tomorrow in his press conference and says Angelino is fit, is there any consideration of dropping him anyway? Uh, not this weekend because I think like most other people I have Guerrero and Sancho and like we'll see if we get a green line I don't expect to get a green line of both of these guys and then I, I think at least Guerrero has to go for me. And I, I don't see me selling Guerrero and Angelino on the same match day. Yeah, I, I don't like taking joy out of other people's misery, but I, I do have to say I feel better about getting rid of Guerrero out of my fancy team now, given the fact that he might miss out this weekend. You're um, a bad person. I know, James. I know. It's terrible. It's terrible. I should be ashamed of myself. But this is the fantasy world that we live in, and it's called fantasy for a reason, right? <laughs> that is it. Okay, let's move on to that game, Bayern against Dortmund. It is the big one, their classica. Uh, and the thing is... It has proven in the past, Flo, that there are fantasy points in this game. You you might have the assumption, oh, this might not be a great game for fantasy owners. Actually, it tends to be the opposite case. Uh, Joshua Kimmich, Robert Lewandowski, uh, Jaden Sancho, Erling Haaland have all scored big in this fixture. Lewandowski himself has actually scored 19 goals in 22 competitive meetings with Dortmund. That includes five braces and a hat-trick as well, which is not so bad. His counterpart is, of course, Erling Haaland, the two great goal scorers in the Bundesliga, though Andre Silva uh, would certainly 
certainly have a case to make in terms of who is the best out there this season. But Haaland has scored 30 times across his first 33 Bundesliga appearances. Funny enough, it took Lewandowski 67 matches to reach that same number. But mm. I, I always you think... You know, there were only one striker who was better than Haaland and reaching 30 goals in Bundesliga history. You know who that was? Oh, I don't. I mean, I'm tempted to say Klaus Fischer, but I don't think that's right. No, it's not right. Okay. It's, it's Uwe Seeler. Uwe Seeler, there you go. Uwe Seeler. So, yeah. You, you should, go, like, the guys who don't know him should definitely Google him. Great guy. And I say that as a Bremen supporter, and he's a, a Hamburg legend. But, yeah. Yeah. One of the, the greatest sportsmen to ever play. Didn't leave Hamburg, although he was like, he, he was one of the best players in the world in um, the late 60s and beginning of the 70s. Uh, had, a, had a great World Cup 1970 and also 1966. <laughs> best, uh, a famous picture of him leaving the pitch, uh, devastated after Germany lost the final uh, against uh, Croatia, I think. <laughs> Yeah, that 100%. That was it. That was it. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel In like 1966, should, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should move swiftly on. Yeah, but yeah, yeah let's just, we'll, we'll pretend it was Croatia in the final, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, okay. Uh, before it's all over, uh, we'll, we'll move on to the actual questions I've got about this game because as I say, it has taught us in the past that there are fantasy returns in it, but I've got a qu question from a listener flow at uh, Wacking underscore Roth. Roth, I'm not 100% sure. He says, is it reasonable to jump off Holland and Sancho to together if so who are you looking at for the best replacements he says he has Lewandowski Silva Kostic Yunus Nkunku and Musiala and he does say in brackets I'll probably need to take him off as well yeah uh, like I said I read would be first on my shopping list I think he gives you great flexibility is a great pick I don't think it's necessary to jump off Haaland you already talked about like uh, there could be attacking prowess it's still a standalone fixtures and I don't like to have two strikers in one standalone fixtures that's just the nature of the game so if you want to get rid of Haaland I almost feel like my my favorite pick because uh, you already have Silva would maybe be Cordoba but uh, mm. it, I, I don't think there's a like yeah, I think Cordoba is my favorite pick if you don't uh, want to have Haaland and Lewandowski. That, that will be my advice. Yeah, the hard thing with that is, of course, I think a lot of people will be looking at the situation of Haaland and Lewandowski could be their last strikers to play on the weekend. And so you do have to maybe take a bit of a gamble. Yeah, and, and there's no standalone uh, striker I really like. That, yeah, uh, I think Cologne, Bremen, Bielefeld, Union, Schalke, Mainz. There, there are no strikers there. It's just a. Well, that, well, no, that's it. There are strikers there, Flo, but they all come with this huge amount of risk. Where okay, you might get lucky. You might get lucky. You might pick Max Kruse and he might get lucky. You might pick Matthew Hoppy and he might get lucky. But the the risk associated with the players that we're talking about there is so huge. It's the question of do you want to take that gamble or would you rather stick with someone like Erling Haaland, who you know there's a chance he'll get involved in a goal or at least a couple of shots against Bayern. You know, that, that maybe that feels like the safer avenue. That is why this weekend and the fixtures are so yeah, nerve-wracking. I, I think that the, the good advice would be to have players on Sunday, but not strikers. So you are able, like if Haaland gives you zilch, uh, be flexible enough to be able to swap him out. And then I would feel fine. If you feel like, if your squad is loaded, uh, I, I think you can get away with 
bringing in Juan Cordoba as a differential pick, but I, I like it's far from being um, like I'm. I'm not sure that Cordoba is even outscoring Haaland more than fifty percent of the time. But yeah, so it's it's tough sledding uh, up front this week because another guy like Kramaric is playing against Wolfsburg, so I am not targeting him. For instance, Player is playing against Leverkusen. I'm not targeting him. Bailey is suspended, so like there, there's some trouble up front for, with reliable strikers. No, absolutely. Yeah, Vegas is out of form, as we've touched upon already, and and that really yeah. Is... And you know how like my <laughs> usual stance is with Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, right now your stance is justified, right, given the the lack of goal scoring that he's producing. Um, but okay, let's move on. Köln against Bremen. Let's talk about some of these Sunday fixtures and see if we can throw out a few names from it. Um, Köln are unbeaten in nine games at home, two Werder Bremen, four wins, five draws. This encounter, funny enough, also marks the last time that Milot Rashica scored in the Bundesliga, though he has picked up a couple of assists in his last four games as well. Which players would you trust to rotate into your squad from this game flow? Yeah, already talked about Ismail Jakobs. I think he's the best defender. If we get a word out of Kofel that Augustinsson is good to go and will start, I think Augustinsson is also uh, a good way uh, to get in because like Cologne's set piece defending is not as sound as it could be. And they also missing Rafael Zichos, uh because he's suspended up because of his fifth yellow. And he's probably their best defender in the air as long as Bornau is out injured. So uh, I think there could be some... Um, problems after set pieces for Cologne in this one. Um, but since we're not sure, Kicker is predicting that Agu will get another start. So he, he could be away if we're getting the confirmation that Augustinsson is out. Uh, Agu definitely could be away, um, also to invest. But I like, I like, uh, I like Jakobs because we know he's going to play. We know he's involved in all the things that's happening in the attacking side of Cologne, which is not much. Uh, I, I have to say, but still as a defender, I like his role in um, midfield. I already talked about the three Cologne guys I like. It's Wolf, Duda and Rechbichai. If we don't consider the price tag, probably Duda is the one I like the most, but it's pretty close. I think both, uh, all three guys are viable. Um, Wolf brings the highest risk reward ratio uh, in my mind, because if he's playing as a as a real striker, which could be possible because there's some talk of Emmanuel Dennis getting dropped to the bench, um, then it could be really uh, uh investment that pays off. And uh, if you want to spend more, I think Rashica is like he, he did pick up 10 points against Frankfurt without being involved in the goal. And we see that regular from him. And I think it's just a question of time when he's getting back on the score sheet. And this could be the occasion. So I, th I think Rashica is also a, a pretty good pick. Only thing is Bremen is playing Bayern next week. So yeah, maybe not the, the, the greatest time to jump on over ball with your Bremen involvement. So uh, one Bremen player would be enough for my taste. 
Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we are getting to that point where Milot Rashica also has to start putting himself back in the shop window. If he really wants to move to a bigger club, he's now got to start producing the type of form that's going to convince them to make that move because he can't just rely on saying, hey, but last yeah, season... Yeah, but like how uh, many bigger clubs uh, are there? I know, I, I, Slim Pickings, I 100% know that flow, you know, to, to, from one of the greatest Traditionsvereine that the Bundesliga has ever seen and will ever see, you know, the, the birthplace of Thomas Schaaf and everything, you know, it's incredible. No, he, but, he was born in Mannheim, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the managerial legend that is Thomas Schaaf. Yeah, I, you know that was a bit tongue-in-cheek anyway. But yeah, that's it. It's, it. It could be an interesting one that we could see him finally blossom into the fancy player we know he can be. Because right now, he's flirting with the idea. Same way that Ishmael Jacobs is kind of just right under that, the cusp, right? He's ready to make that breakthrough, waiting for the game that he's going to do that. It could be this one, um, if your magic ball is once again serving you correctly here. But let's move on to the final game, Bielefeld against Union. Now, Armenia have claimed 12 of their 18 points this season on home soil, winning two of their last five at the Shuko Arena. For Union, I think the big question uh, is about Max Kruser. Uh, he is their best man in terms of goals with seven. He's also got five assists, and of course, he got one last weekend from the penalty spot it was like he had never left the thing was flow he didn't get many fantasy points and he wasn't involved in a lot of shots on goal after taking a penalty yeah because you need to like run two to three meters to <laughs> maybe are you are you telling the me the man that has the nutella like jar as his icon as his avatar on clubhouse doesn't run enough no, like he had really good yeah i saw i saw the whole game he had really good First 15 minutes, but I think he overpaced it a bit. And then he just hang on for like 60 more minutes and got off after, I think, 75 minutes. Uh, th there can be more to him, but like we haven't talked about Bielefeld. There's a coaching change as well. I, I don't like, like I wouldn't go to Union for this one. Uh, I know we, we got a question about uh, you can um, read it out. Go ahead. Trimmel or, or Cruiser from Hafid. Uh, he asked if I would feel, I would recommend anyone of when you're on Trimble or Cruiser or someone else. Like if you pull, uh, put a gun to my head, it would be Trimble. But I wouldn't like, my match day is finished after the Cologne Bremen game. Uh, I, 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 d I won't have any involvement in this game. I don't have a feel how it's going to go with uh, a new manager in charge for, for Bielefeld and, like, I'll stay clear. Both teams are not creating a lot of shots. Uh, Union is in 11th place regarding shot creation uh, since the break of the year and uh, turn of the year. And uh, Bielefeld is second to last. So it's, it's, it's definitely not a game I'm looking to invest in. So like, um, you, you have one less standalone fixture in my mind on the next match day because like there's... Uh, not a single player I, I would be happy to bring in for this I, match. I, I, you know what? I'm going to counter your argument, and that's mainly because I was reading in Sport Build one of the reasons that Uwe Neuhaus, uh, you know, his relationship with the players broke down, and one of the main reasons was that they were asking him to play more ambitious attacking football. And he kept saying no. Yeah. And I just wonder if the, you know, new head coach comes in, uh, whether, you know, Stefan, Stefan Karma is the, is the new head coach in charge. And you just wonder whether he might give in to the players and say, you know what, like this, I haven't had a lot of time to work with you. How would you like to play? We'll play attacking football. And if they do that flow, I think they'll run into a fair bit of trouble against Union. And I just, for me, this is interesting because it genuinely, 
an episode on a weekend like this shows me the difference as a fancy player between you and me. Um, and that's because I look at a, gay, a match day like this and I go, you know what? This is the weekend to gamble. Let's take a few gambles. Let's take a few risks. Let's throw in a few unexpected players. Let's look for some differentials. Let's go for a game like Ber- uh, Bielefeld against Union because not a lot of people might dip into that market. So I'm going to. And you go, you know what? No, conservative approach. I think John Cordoba is a safer route. And, and you're right as well. You're not wrong, right? Everything is. But I, I look at this and go, I fancy a gamble this weekend. And I'm looking at Bielefeld Union and I'm looking at Max Kruse. I'm looking at Christopher Trimmel. And I'm thinking those two are great gambles that could pay off. Yeah, it could, but uh, I don't think it's worth the risk. And uh, one thing is Frank uh, Kramer, uh, so we have to, <laughs> to give, give him uh, justice. And uh, I mean, the story in the in the sport build, I, I really like. I give zero. Like, I I don't think no one could understand this decision of letting our house go, and all of a sudden there's this article in sport build. With, which all the stuff that uh, happened in in the dressing room, like who leaked that there? You, like you, you you can tell who who's giving reporters this story. That's the story on the point of view of the manager of Bielefeld, and they like he had a like they had a personal falling out. Um, Arabi, who's the the, the um, manager and. Uh, Neuhaus, who was the coach, they they couldn't work together any longer, and he need some justifications of letting Neuhaus go, and that's the reason why we see a story like that in Sportbild. I, I think the credibility is is pretty low on this uh, one. Uh, well, any report in Sportbild you should take with a pinch of salt. Yes. Should, uh, genuinely, any football media take with a pinch of salt because it's either PR or it's been fed to someone. Like, I hundred percent agree with you on that. I just thought it was an interesting indication as to maybe what we could see. From yeah, you're right. I, like, like, but what we have to be like, we have to think about on, from which direction this story comes, and I, I I'm not sure that's really how the players felt because. He was the coach that got them out of the slump in the second division. He was a coach that got them promoted uh, as no, champions. I, I agree with all that. Uh, ahead of Hamburg, ahead of Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah. But, but this uh, season, there have so, been games that they have been far too passive and they've not taken the game two teams yeah. and they've just gone there and not waved the white flag because they're a hardworking team, but they really haven't done enough to even think about warranting a point or more. And yeah, but maybe they just bet. And well, they, of course, and this is Bielefeld and they were playing way above their expectations anyway, which is why the Neuhaus move seems weird because you're kind of going, look, you know, if you'd offered them being in 16th place after 23 matches at the beginning of the season, they'd have said, yes, thank you. We'll take that happily. You know, we're still winning with a fighting chance. So of course, there's obviously a load of things that have gone on behind the scenes that we're not privy to as well. It's something that I talk about as a lot with fellow journalists and go, you know what, this is our profession, right? It's our job. But Genuinely, most football journalists don't know 80% of what really happens in the football world or with clubs in terms of the decision making that goes on behind the scenes on a daily basis, right? We barely scratch the surface and we try and make a profession and, and make articles and analysis out of it. And I think a lot of people do a very good job of it, but it's a, t- it's a tough one. So of course, take it all with a pinch of salt. Yeah. But, but they are always more than one, like there's more than one angle to most stories. And definitely there is to the Bielefeld story and Neuhaus, like he hasn't talked since he was released, which is like, he's shown some class, but he probably has some different stuff to tell about what's, what happened there. So, uh, that's, that's just my point. I don't get the feeling that it, like, it's not 
the same situation with Schalke where the players got to the manager and said, please release this guy. He's not even like, he can't tell us apart. He can't like he, <laughs> That's a different predicament. Doesn't, he doesn't know the name of his own players. Yeah. No, I know. I, yeah, like, I come know. on, and, and and yet you have to say the guy who appointed Christian Gross as Us. head coach shouldn't shouldn't be working in professional yeah. football ever <laughs> again. That was the worst, like the worst coaching choice that uh, a Bundesliga club has made in a long, long time. Look, I, I agree, and and the risk of like we. we We could talk about that for a whole podcast, my friend. And I think we, we still probably wouldn't even do that justice. Uh, I think you need a, a good six hour session on Schalke to get to the bottom of all their problems. But you are right. The world of football is one that has many stories, many different angles. And so let's finish the show on one where we show a few different angles. It is our player picks. We come at it from slightly different ways. And you're going to notice that as well in our player picks this week. So Vegas Choice Flow, who are you going for? I'm going with Rinald Rashid. I, I, I already talked him up. And all the stuff he can do. If all goes right for Bremen, um, which is also possible. I, I said, I, I, I personally believe that Cologne will get the better uh, out of this game, but, uh, definitely can happen that Bremen uh, gets in their rhythm and have, have a good game. And then Rashica is a, is a great pick for 12.2 million. No, I would certainly agree with that. No doubt about it, because he has been showing those glimmers that we've talked about. I have gone with the Vegas man himself, uh, a man that likes to play in poker tournaments, and it is Max Cruiser, because I think he is the definition of a Vegas choice. And I've mentioned the fact that I'm tempted by a gamble, and Max Cruiser is calling my name flow. I'm not going to lie. So uh, that's why he is my Vegas choice this week. Super Schnepchen, who are you going for? I'm going with Mario's Wolf, so I'm staying in the Cologne Bremen game. I think that's the most interesting games of the after Saturday afternoon games, if I may call the last three games of the match day that. Um, and, and Wolf for 4.4, uh, 5 million is, is presenting great value in my mind. Yeah, um, I, I, I like the Mario's Wolf pick. Um, and yeah, this time we're actually, we're taking, taking the plunge and actually picking him as well instead of just mentioning him as a potential offshoot. Um, the player I went for for my Super Schnepchen is one that I did mention in the Friday night game. It's Kevin Stöger for Mainz. I, he's got set pieces in his locker as well. He's picking up form. I just think he could be a bit of a, a budget beater differential uh, in that Friday night game. And so maybe if you don't quite have uh, the funds to get all the way up to Amin Arit, uh, then Kevin Stöger could be a different avenue to go down. Banker flow? I think we already know, but... Yeah, I'm sticking my neck out now. So if like, if that's like, if some people want to make that a bold call, uh, they, they can definitely go with it. Cause my banker is Amin Harit, 12.2 million. I'm, I'm really excited of putting my star man on him on Friday evening. I can tell you that already. <laughs> This is, yeah, see, this is your gamble. Your gamble's, I mean, are eat. My gamble's maybe Max Cruiser. I, no, I, I, well, I think you're right. it's not any, a gamble, it's a banker. Well, it's a banker, James. but you're right. Any Schalke involvement is a bold call right now. No doubt about it, just given the situation. But it could be one that pays off big. And we will address that, I'm sure, on the next episode, one way yeah, or another. Well, I look rather smart or rather stupid on Friday yeah. evening. It's like, <laughs> there's probably no middle ground there. <laughs> 
No, I think you're right. I 100% agree. No, no gray area. No gray area. I'll be honest. For my bank, I had two names down, but Flo then made a very convincing case with some statistics earlier on in this show. And I was going to throw out Andre Silva's name, but based on what Flo said about Stuttgart's weakness down that left-hand side and Kostic, I think then has to maybe just take uh, the biscuit in terms of my banker pick this week. And I, I'm sure he's in a lot of your squads. I'll be honest. The other, the other name was out there was Christopher and Kunku. So I've gone for three pretty big names. I've not gone for a differential with my banker quite like Flo so you've got a nice little mix of player picks there I think and uh, we will leave it there for this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy don't forget to follow us at Talking Fußball on Twitter give us a like on Facebook and if you have not yet join the Talking Fußball Fantasy League for now from me your host James Thorogood Flo and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew Auf Wiederhören Auf Wiederhören